Let's pretend that this isn't advice. And I'm Erin, and I'm not giving you advice. It's it's not advice. I can't help myself <laughs> give advice. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to live your life, but I know how to do it. I'm a huge know-it-all, and this is where I practice not giving advice to people. Except I totally give advice to them. I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach, and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session, so I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. Today's episode is with Rob Kohansky. He is a podcaster, a businessman, a multi-umvirate, a person who has done many, many things and is currently living out his passion. We talk about why local, some gardening, what, it, why, why jokes, um, and also what it means to be successful because, you know, I am apparently obsessed with that. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed the time I spent with Rob. Hey, Rob, how are you? Oh, wonderful. It's a beautiful Monday afternoon. I'm so glad to be on your show today, Erin. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Um, so that the listeners know, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Well, we don't have all day for that. But in a nutshell, I, I'm a person that enjoys life and I enjoy doing what I love to do. Uh, like being on your show, this is kind of uh, a little bit different for me. I always just say, because I'm used to used to being the one asking the questions and today you're asking the questions. So you got me at a, a little bit outside of my comfort zone here. So, But um, I've done so many things throughout my life and... I've never stuck to, I say, one thing a lot. Uh, I've just done so many things for being in the, the military from uh, just enjoying life in general. And that's just, you know, I could put it in that nutshell is like, do what you love to do. So what are some of the things that you're doing that you love to do currently? Well, right now it's, it's just the podcasting and I'm going on my third year of this uh, with Local First, Local First Podcast. Um, I love gardening. Um, I love being outdoors. Uh, right now we're in the season where I'm starting out to, you know, get the vegetables out in the garden. So we've been out there getting that squared away, you know, things, things like that. I like being around people. Um, it's really unique this year, like a whole, all of last year with COVID and all the shutdown. I love being in front of people. So it was like, you know, being like this in front of people is like, this is kind of like uh, foreign to me is like, I like being, you know, having people in the studio next to me sitting down with that. So a lot of the events, uh, that I've hosted and now are hosting, um, we're coming back and we're getting people together and coming together. And it, that's really exciting for me. Yeah. So tell me about local first podcast and these events that you do, and then we can talk about gardening. Okay. All right. All right. I also like gardening. You like gardening? See, all right. That's awesome. So local first podcast started, um, 2000, June of, June of 2018. It was a rebrand, uh, from the original podcast. And it's really given a platform for local business owners to have a platform to share their story and what they do. But I also tell them that it's not a commercial. I want the listeners to get to know the person behind the business. So even before they go in there and do business with that person, they really know something about their background, who they are, what they are, what are their challenges, how did they get to where they're going and why they do what they do. 
And it's, I've done well over a hundred episodes with that. And I got a lot more that's coming up that. And right now when I'm teaching the, the business owners, the one thing I found out after doing all these episodes is that individuals get excited about being on a podcast. They sign up for it, they record it, and then it gets released and they do nothing with it. So what I did is I created a program for the business owners to break that content down into smaller content, into micro content, so they can repurpose that information that they're sharing on their show with others. So what I do is I offer them a, you know, a way to be able to break that down into smaller pieces of content and use it to draw them back to their, you know, their website or wherever they want to direct them and stuff like that. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. And I'm getting a lot of great feedback off of that. Cause it's like, I, I, I try to encourage people to do that or the business owners do that, but a lot of times they don't. So if they're not going to, then I'm going to provide them a service to allow them to get to that point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I really like that. That's, I enjoy doing this. This is, this is my passion. I was like, I, I, every once in a while, you know, it's not just local here in the Milwaukee area. I've interviewed people from all over the country national authors, best-selling authors, Olympic athletes, um, you know, all big range of people. But as long as it, it, the story that they're telling really relates to either locally here in Milwaukee or locally where they are, that's the main thing. And I, I like to share is like my main goal with this is if you're familiar with <clears throat> the big networks, ABC, NBC, or mm-hmm. yes, and stuff like that, they have their major network in some conglomerate, some big city. So what my goal with this is to eventually have uh, podcasters like myself set up the foundation and have them, my affiliates all over around the country doing the same thing I'm doing here. Oh, cool. So it sounds like you're trying to set up your own satellite local first network. Yeah. Yeah, Local First Media was basically that. I got a radio show, Local First Radio, which uh, the streaming of all the uh, the episodes are continuously running 24 hours a day. I do have some sponsors in there with a few commercials and stuff in between like that. Um, and that's really been taken off as well. But it's really like, you know, it's when I think about local, it's supporting local businesses, the restaurants, the, the hardware stores, you know, whomever they may be, whether it be the business, the customer or, you know, B2B. So whatever I can do to help them share their story and give them a platform to be able to share what they do and why they do it. That's kind of what we do. Why, why does this matter? Like why does taking care of local businesses matter so much to you? Um, probably because 90% of, I think more than 90% of what I do is locally. I go to the local bar down the block. I shop, you know, I go to the local restaurants. Um, I grow my own food in the area. My neighborhood is so diverse and, and we share so much where we are. You know, when we get to talk about gardening, we'll talk about how our neighbors share our, our food with each other. Mm. And it's so ingrained that, you know, if people, instead of like, worrying about these big conglomerates, yes, we do need them in a certain sense, but if we can support our own neighborhoods in a way that we can support each other, it's a lot more, it's, it's enjoying. It, it has a lot more effect on the individuals. It brings neighborhoods together and yeah. brings businesses together and people want to come there. And I really truly believe that, you know, when you, we, we, the mess we have been in for so long, it all starts at home then it starts in your neighborhood. And it starts locally. And if you can fix it, not so much fix, but 
come together locally at a very micro scale, I think that's where it all begins. Yeah. What, like, how does your military experience shape what you're currently doing? Um, it, it keeps me, it gets me up in the morning. Um, it gets a discipline. It's not, I'm not saying that it's like, it's always works. It's just like anybody you'll talk to. I was like, I, I have my, my, my ups and downs as is like any business owner, entrepreneur, you have the highs, you have the lows. Um, but I think what, what really taught me in the military is that having systems in place and putting systems in place to, to go along. Uh, what I was able to do in the military was really being able to come from being a, a, a coming in as a private, becoming a sergeant in two and a half years because I learned that they had a system. And learning that system mm-hmm. and, and just following and trusting that process, I was able to do that. And the other thing that I really learned was that what they told you not to do a lot was don't raise your hand for anything. Don't volunteer for anything. And I did the total opposite. I raised my hand for every possible, you know, duty or extra stuff that happened to it. And I got to do so many wonderful things that most people in there would never get to do, or I got an opportunity to travel more than others and do some different things like that. And I continue to do that to this day. So I'm picking up some themes in your life. This is like how I listen for things. Sure. And here are the themes that I'm picking up. Community. Yes. Support. Mm -hmm. Adventure. Yes. And relationship. Most definitely. Those are really important. What else, what am I missing? You know, I, I think that you really build on on, on relationships, um, but you got to have, you know, like people is like, you got to have goals, but you got to know what those goals are. And what I've learned from a, a good friend of mine, uh, Tony Jalen, is that, you know, he sat me down one day and, and he is like, a lot of times is like, he has these three questions to me. He goes, what do you want? Why do you want to do it? And then how are you going to get there? And focus on the first two first. Mm-hmm. The how will come. And, yep. you know, and, and I really, I really like, uh, and if you ask me for like one other thing, I'm a lifelong learner. Um, and that's one thing that I love to do. Uh, part of my networking group that I host once a month is a book spirit networking, uh, where we read a book uh, once a month. The, this next book for, for June is uh, zero to one with Peter Thiel. Um, and then, you know, we sit down this, this month we're going into a beer garden and, you know, up here in Milwaukee area and we come together uh, we talk about a book and we tell people, you don't have to read the book, just come and, and hang out with us. And now we're able to come together and do that. So, I mean, that's a really good thing um, that we're doing with my buddy Jackson as well. So I really believe in, you know, bringing people together and sharing ideas, but you have to be open-minded to listen. And sometimes even myself, mm-hmm. you're really hard-headed to um, not hear something, you know, especially if it's from my wife. And then, you know, uh, three months later, it's, oh, it's, I bring up the idea and it's mine. that it's great (laughs) you know that's kind of common lots of people do that oh yeah um i love the questions that your buddy asked you because like what do you want why do you want it and like the how comes later right coaching is all of that gap it's like here's this thing that i want here and here's the thing that i want here and we're like filling in that gap getting you through the hurdles what What's the gap between where you currently are and total local media domination? It's it's the self-discipline to make the time to things that I want to do. And the other thing is letting go and not being so 
having to do everything. Mm, yeah. How are, how good are you at getting and receiving help? Not so much. Um, not so much with that. It's like right now <laughs> uh, I'm building the foundation to uh, let things go because I love this piece of it. This piece of mm-hmm. it, like in here like that, I do all my, right now I do all my editing. I do, you know, all the production side of it and things like that. And to a certain extent, I enjoy it because I like to re-listen to it, but I understand I have to let that go so I can focus more on growing that business and getting out there and talking to people. So the goal for this year, one of the goals for this year is to really offload a lot of that back-end production that I'm doing on someone else that can do it and then and have those steps and systems in place that they can do it efficiently. I have a guy. Okay. <laughs> his name is Steve. He produces this podcast. Yeah. His his business is called Cedar Cathedral Narrative, and he basically works on narrative stories. I bet I'll put you two in touch. Okay, I appreciate Steve, that. Steve, you're going to owe me some sponsorship. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But I love, like, Steve is local to Chicago. He's okay. a local business, but with a national reach. And I, you know, I I agree with you. I spend all of my time in my neighborhood. And at the same time, like, the world is global. And all right. of my clients are, I have clients in London and the Cayman Islands and California and Washington, DC, like they're all over the place. Um, how do you like, well, I'm curious, like how, how global are you? How global I, is I, your life? I've been over in uh, over 60 countries throughout the world that people listen to. Um, I, it's amazing to see the statistics where, where people are listening and, I don't really market to people. I try to keep it as local as possible or where that individual I'm interviewing mm-hmm. in that particular area. But somehow it's it's just naturally organically grown to where that, you know, it was like at the beginning of the year, I was just out of curiosity. I was like, okay, I, my goal was to bust, you know, get over 50 different countries throughout the world. And now I'm 60 countries throughout the world. And some of these countries I'm like... I don't even know where they are, but some of them, it's, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, but the majority of it's, you know, in the U S and, and locally. And I do have a, you know, a big following, uh, in India and in Europe, I mean, just all over the place. And, you know, it's really cool to see that. And, but, but I think because of that is like some of the, the guests that I do have have connections in those areas. And that's that, that organic, uh, growth through their network. So are are we creating six degrees of Rob? We are. <laughs> you know, we really are. And it's it's interesting to say that because uh, one of my biggest followings is in India. And uh-huh. just, it just, at first I'm like, you know, you know, like where the hell is this all coming from? But then I thought to myself, well, there's over a billion people in there. So like, don't, you know, don't boohoo it. At the same time, it's like they're, they're listening. And, you know, sometimes I look at it, you know, sometimes they're, you know, 30, 40% of the listeners and, you know, the rest of them are split up between the U.S., you know, wherever, or locally here in the Milwaukee area. Um, but at the same time as you have to look at those numbers, you know, regardless of where they're coming from and really study them and seeing, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what, where they are, what they're coming from, why are they listening? And then, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to cater to that. And I do have some episodes that are coming up that are specific to that region of the country. And that have local businesses that are there or here in, in locally and have affiliates in the, the, the India area. So I mm-hmm. look at it like, oh, how can I leverage that? And, but being also local, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's kind of like the world is local now though. It, it really, it really is. And it, you can't think of it as like, you know, we have a global comedy and stuff like that, but you know, a lot of the people that I'm talking to have business leaders locally, but they have their support staff in India, which support the people locally here or somewhere else in the country or wherever they may be, whatever they're doing. So yes, they have their, what they're doing there, but if they're supporting people here or wherever they are at, you know, over. Um, and it brings people together. And I, one thing that I learned through the military and being able to travel a lot is, you know, go out there and meet the people in different parts of the country, different parts of the world, and sit down and just have a conversation with them. They're not so much different than you and me. Yeah, I I love to tell my clients that their problems aren't unique. They're just unique to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so let's talk about gardening. Oh, what do you have, grow? We could have a whole show on this right here. Um, well, I I grow just about everything. We have um, uh, garden beds all around the house. I'm, it is, I'm in my house right now, so I'm looking out the windows over here. And I was like, I garden beds all the way across the back here. A lot of flowers. We create a lot of, uh, of flowers that attract butterflies. Even though I'm like in the, almost downtown Milwaukee, just up from the Pfizer Forum or Marquette University to kind of give you some of uh, landmarks. Um, we got enough land out there. We like to attract butterflies. And we do some flowers and bushes that do that. Those are the flower plants and stuff like that. If you ask Wait, me, which flowers attract butterflies? Because oh I, I, I'm going to need to go um, add some to my garden. The, the biggest ones that my wife found out that we were able to use are called zinnias. I'm, oh, zinnias? Zinnias. And what we do is every year we collect the seeds and replant them every year. And you get different colors and different flavors of them, the different mm-hmm. types, stuff like that. Um, we put those in um, milkweed. Milkweed will attract the, the, the butterflies as well. Those are the two biggest ones and a couple other flowers that we put out there. Uh, some sunflowers that I grow out in the, I have a prairie garden that I put out in back that the sunflowers, I don't plant them. They, they come back every year now. And I don't mm-hmm. worry about that. And then my, I don't get the touch of the flowers that became my wife's project. So I just, okay. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the maintenance guy on that side of it. But when it comes to my garden, I'm the, I love the vegetables. I love being able to grow food, you know, in my backyard that I can go out there, pick a salad and eat it that day. Um, and plus we do a lot of canning. So this year I have like probably, I think it's like seven or eight different peppers. We do all our herbs. Um, I got three, three, I think four, four different tomatoes. Um, beets, carrots, potatoes. Oh, I'm trying to go down the list of the uh, through there. Cucumbers, obviously, strawberries, raspberries, anything that you eat. And we can a lot of that over the winter. So it's like we still got peppers and stuff from the, the, the past winter. And uh, the potatoes, we usually get, you know, 20, 30 pounds of potatoes. And the beets, we can as well. So we try and keep that. So, like during the winter, which really caught me last year in March. When, you know, all hell broke loose with the pandemic, I was like, and people were going crazy. I'm going, this is why I garden. I, do you want to hear? I, you know what I did? So I live in Chicago. I live in a condo. I live on the third floor of a condo building. And when the pandemic happened, I was like, what if I can't have salad? Right. <laughs> I went to Home Depot <laughs> and I built an indoor garden tower. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. 
And it's, it's, yeah. it's really, you know, people don't, they, people take it for granted that they, you know, you go to the store or, you know, wherever you go and food is going to be there. And, and I don't during the summer, you know, I go some fishing this year, I'm going to take up some hunting and be able to store a freezer full of, you know, deer or, or duck or goose or whatever fish it may be, plus have my garden. So if I, if something does happen, I'm not going to have to worry about it. The only thing I have to worry about is toilet paper. I mean, you don't really need to worry about toilet paper if you have a source of water and a washcloth. You got it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And we got Lake Michigan down the block, so we're pretty good. Do you ever think about like how blessed you are to live so close to the one of the largest sources of fresh water in the world? Every single day of my life, Um, I've lived I live all over. I've traveled all over, and I've always come back to Milwaukee. Uh, My wife is from uh, Mexico and from the middle of the desert, and when she, you know, and I, she's, when she first saw Lake Michigan and she's just like, wow. And then in, in the fact that, you know, I, I don't take it for granted because, you know, you get 20% of the fresh water of the world sitting right in our backyard with the Great Lakes. And I mm-hmm. think that that's a very powerful thing being, you know, whether it's Chicago or Milwaukee, um, you know, that in itself is like, you know, I always come back to Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee so much. It's, it's, it's a, I, I look at it as a suburb of Chicago. It's a big, small city. Mm-hmm. There's so much to do, you know, during the summer and stuff like that. And then we go down to Chicago and hang out and stuff like that if we want to go do some things. Um, but I, I don't take that stuff for granted. And it's, as I, it, to have that type of water, if you go out west in California or some other places where, you know, they struggle for water or different places around the world that they struggle for water. And I know that I've had friends that come from um, uh, the suburbs outside of Milwaukee and they come in and I'm like, come to my house. And I'm like, they'll ask for some water and, and I'll give them tap water. And they're like, oh, this is tap water. I'm like, yeah, this is straight out of Lake Michigan. And they're kind of like, because they're so used to bottled water and stuff. And they're like, wow, this is really good. I'm going, yes. I'm like, we got some of the best water coming out of the tap in the world. And, I know. Yeah, it really is. And I'm like, why I'm not going to pay for water when I, well, I'm not paying, well, I'm paying for it anyway, but it's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to double pay for your exactly. water. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not buying bottled water, you know, in a plastic bottle. It drives me nuts. What's your zombie apocalypse plan? You so, you seem like the kind oh, of person who has one. Oh, you love it. I love it. I mean, <laughs> outside of my vegetables and, and, you know, my wife wants it to get, wants me to get the, uh, buy a farm and stuff like that, a small farm, but you know, she doesn't like working out there so much, but that'd be just hell for me to be able to take care of all that. Um, I do have, uh, um, I'm set up, um, you know, for stuff like that. I am prepared. Um, I'm not like the super preppers and stuff like that. Um, but I do, you know, take into account stuff like last year happens and you just can't take for granted that everything is always going to be there for you. Um, not only do you kind of prepare yourself for food, you also got to protect yourself. Um, and so in all those different areas, you know, I have enough to, you know, get by. And if I have to, I have places in, in you know, Northern Wisconsin that I, I can go to and friends and family and stuff like that. If anything like that does, does happen. Cause it's like the last thing I want to be able to do is sit here and just have no way of uh, getting anything because everything is broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, so I have a motorcycle and mine is to like, take a bunch of seeds, yeah. find a crossbow 
and have my motorcycle take me to somewhere in northern Michigan or Wisconsin where there is a lake, but an island in the middle of the lake. And so I will get a canoe or a paddle boat and I'll like (laughs) go live in the island in the middle of the lake with my seeds. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny that you say that about seeds. And every year we collect seeds. Um, whether it's from our own vegetables or from flowers. Um, people think I'm crazy, you know, but uh, my wife and I will go around state parks or county parks. And if we see flowers and stuff like that at the proper time of the year, we collect seeds. So we don't have mm-hmm. to buy them. We plant them. And majority of our garden is because of that. Um, the same thing with, you know, the vegetable garden. We'll go around and, and collect seeds either from our from our neighbors. Um, my garden is is small compared to some of my neighbor's garden. Now, this is a very diverse neighborhood. We have a, uh, you know, you, we have Mexicans, we have uh, African-Americans. There's a lot of people from um, Vietnam and Laos that are over here. And those, uh, you know, from the, right in the backyard from me, uh, two houses away, my gardens, and people consider it big, is, is probably about six feet wide and about 50 feet long. And that's just a straight vegetable garden. Um, these guys, their garden is probably almost the size of a city lot and they farm. Oh, that's so cool. And they farm it every year and they do it seasonal. So they got their spring crop, their summer crop, their fall crop. Not only do they, we, we share food with each other and share uh, the vegetables with each other. They actually go to the farmer's market and go in and sell it. And that's part of their income there. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, do you know that there's a, like a worldwide seed project? Mm-mm. Where they collect seeds for right. all of the plants and whatever that they possibly can. Wow. In the event that there is a, you know, asteroid that hits Earth, Earth and wipes yeah. up. So, yeah, that exists somewhere. I don't it know where. Does, and I did probably have that stored somewhere underground. And so if something does happen, it, it'll survive. I think they do. Yeah. I think I've heard something like that before, something similar to that. Or maybe it's just too many movies I'm watching. No, I'm pretty sure I heard this on NPR, and I trust NPR. <laughs> so tell me about your wife. How did you oh, meet your wife? Like, who is this woman? She is. She's my best friend. And and I tell people that, too. It was like, you know, don't marry someone unless you can hang out with them and have a good time. And you want to, mm-hmm. you actually want to be around them. And you do stuff for the, the the one that you love the most because you want to, not because you have to. Um, I met her almost probably 21 years ago. So I was managing a fulfillment warehouse and, and in that fulfillment warehouse, I was managing probably about 10, 13 full-time employees. Um, but because of the type of work we have, we would have staffing agents come in and I have anywhere from 10 to hundred people come in on, depending on the job that we would have going on. And, and I can always remember this is that, that, that day when she walked in and I was like, oh my God. That's her. That's, that's, I mean, it just, that was the one. It was just that, 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 that look. And then I go over to uh, one of my employees, Jose, and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, uh, I was like, is that your, is, I forget what I asked him. I was like, is that your girlfriend? Do you know her or something like that? And she's like, he's like, that's my sister. I'm going. <laughs> so I got introduced. And the cool thing about it was I was, I've always been like, uh, you know, like hopefully I'm not like most people, but very impatient, you know, just like, you know, sometimes I'm still like that, but anyway, it's when I first met her, she knew very little English and I very knew very little Spanish. So the communication was very, uh, what I want to say was very, it took time and patience just to sit back and understand what 
each other was saying, but it really worked through. And, and it's just something, you know, we, we, we were going through some stuff at one time and, um, I, we, we broke up just cause we, she, we wanted to be sure that this was the right thing. And I was coming, driving my motorcycle, uh, North on 27th street, it's actually on the South side. And she just happened to be walking across the street and the crosswalk on the other side. And I just, I just zipped around, I pulled around. I'm just like, I'm not going to allow to do whatever it takes. I'm not letting this go. And I, this is my second marriage and my second marriage or my first marriage was just, it was garbage. It was a bunch of lies. It was just everything it shouldn't have been. And I told myself, I was like, and I told her, I was like, I will never lie to you. I will always be honest and straightforward with you. I'll never hide anything from you because I don't want to start off a relationship with lies. And so did, were you the liar in your first marriage or was it? Yeah, I was just, I was horrible. I mean, I I spent nine years trying to get away from my first wife. I mean, I got three beautiful children from them. Um, Mm -hmm. She just drove me nuts and it was just, it just, Oh my goodness. And, and, you know, and I told myself, I was like, if I do this again, I'm not going to do the same things that way because it didn't work. Mm. And I just like, and she, her name is Lupita. And you know, like I said before, she's from Mexico and she was actually up here on vacation and then working um, at the fulfillment center, you know, part-time or whenever she got some work, like that's how I met her. And it's just 21 years later and then we're still together. And she, she put up, she puts up a lot with me cause I'm kind of like, I'm like, you know, I'm not the one to sit down and have a steady job. I'm kind of like, you know, I flipped houses and that's how we got this house that we're in here. I, I bought it, bought it from the bank. And I, this is the one that one of my goals was when I started flipping houses is to have a house for us. And that's what mm-hmm. we got now. And I bought a house for my mom, got that. And so little things like that, that probably stress a lot of people out that, She's been really, she's been on my supporting on my side every step of the way to the point where like, you know, she's always supporting me of what I wanted to do as long as I explain to her what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. It sounds like having a person in your corner has allowed you to really flourish. Yes. Having a person in my corner has allowed to flourish, uh, but she also brings me balance. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm very, I'm like, um, uh, I'm very up and down, um, up, like very excited. Like, did you do And then, you know, I'm not, you know, I'll have my times where like, you know, I feel, I feel like, feel like crap for a week or whatever it might be. And then mm-hmm. I got turn around. So she's like this, she's like steady Eddie all the time. And that's what balances me out. And then I can talk to her or, you know, do say things to her that I didn't have a conversation and I don't have to be afraid of like, you know, why did you do this? Why didn't you do this? Or whatever. She's just, she'll just listen. Mm. And I think sometimes that's the most important thing in having a conversation. You just want to get things off your chest and just have someone, excuse me, listen to you about what you're doing and why you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And having that support behind it. Well, I mean, that's kind of what both of us are doing with our podcasts, right? Is giving people a place to talk about what they're doing and like really listening to them and like being that version of support. Oh, no doubt. And I, I, that's one thing I love about doing the interviews is that, you know, a lot of times they're not most of the times, but, um, you get, you know, someone, you sit down with them. And a lot of times I meet people before I bring them on the show, just have a quick chat on online or on a call or wherever it may be. And you get them behind the mic and they get kind of uh, skittish, a little scared, don't know what to expect. And, um, I stopped giving uh, my guests the list of questions 
Um, cause then they would just, it just, it was like, I had this one guy is just sitting here reading. I'm like, I grabbed them and I was like, threw them away. I'm like, no, that's not why I gave you those questions. <laughs> <laughs> this is not scripted. <laughs> you can't practice being authentic. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is killing me, man. And I was like, so I stopped doing that. And I was like, and then people were like, well, what am I, what, what do I expect? Or what do they expect? I'm like, just like we're having a conversation here, whether it be at a coffee or at a coffee shop or having a drink or having lunch, it's just having a conversation. And I, and I thought at times I tell them, it's like, I'm just going to direct, direct a conversation. I'm going to watch you. And when I see something that you get excited about, we're going to dive down a little bit more. And, and it's really about the listeners getting to know that individual, why they started the business, what they want to get out of it, what challenges they've had to get there. And then, and then taking a look at, okay, you know, having some fun with it and getting to laugh and have some, you know, things like that. I was like, it's not an infomercial. I was like, mm-hmm. go to any news station during and there and you spend drop a thousand bucks and get your infomercial. Uh, but that is that all it is to do an infomercial? I, I, don't, I, bucks? I don't know about that. But, but that's, <laughs> like that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then I also uh one thing I do and that a lot of times people are starting to catch on is that I do a rapid fire uh, session at the end of the show, the last segment, uh, where I just uh, I just go start to ask them some random questions, get them to open up and just kind of think, just like boom. And some people think too much. I'm like, uh, and then kind of fill in. But I also let them ask me questions. Mm. I feel that you know, hey, if you can ask me questions, you, you know, give them a little bit of control of you know what's going on, so it's just not all one way. Yeah. Well, what question do you have for me since you just brought that up? Oh my god. What do you want to ask me? What's the one what's the one thing that you love most about Chicago? Oh my god. I love so much about Chicago. Yeah. I mean, like so much. I love that you know, I live in a pretty residential four, four, four block area, but in my residential four block area, I have Chinese food, Mexican food, like Middle Eastern yeah. food, ve- like a Jewish vegan deli, wow. uh, a Detroit style pizza place, seven coffee shops, like one of the oldest bars in the city that was like a speakeasy. I There's just history everywhere. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love how bikeable it is. I love how easy it is to figure out once you understand which way is north and south. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. It's always east. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love that. It's basically a beach town. Yeah. Starting in May. It's like a beach Oh, city. no doubt. That's the same way it is up here in Milwaukee. I was like, as soon as it starts getting a little bit warmer and the, the beaches open up and things going on, I was telling my friends today is that uh, uh, I can't wait for uh, Bradford Beach, which is the main beach down in Milwaukee open up they got these tiki huts out there you can serve beer they serve food you're right on the beach i said I was like i can't wait till it gets warm enough where i can just take my laptop go down there in the afternoon they got wi-fi i go down there have some drinks and eat by myself and just you know take in everybody out there that's doing what they're doing and just do work down outside out there so that, that's i'm looking forward to that this year yeah and i feel like you know, one of the things about Chicago is that it's a city, but it's a town. In the way that you said that Milwaukee is like a, a small city, I feel like Chicago is a very large town. Yeah, and it's got it's got all of its little districts and its little areas that are different from one another. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I really get that. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So I talk a lot about like 
success and goals and like that's you know a lot of what we talk about but one thing i'm super aware of is that everyone gets stopped when they're doing something they get stopped so what are some of the things that have stopped you i always always put this out there is the only thing that's going to stop you is yourself um and then when that happens you got to yeah. look yourself in the mirror and 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 i look at it as like you know right now it's like i took a break from the podcasting it's it's coming back together um, and sometimes I have to do that is to really take a look at myself. What am I doing? How, why am I doing it? And am I going in that direction that, um, that I supposed to be going? And I think for a lot of that is we get so, um, how do I put it? It's like, you get so focused on one thing, you forget about the other things that are, you're supposed to be doing around you or mm-hmm. letting go of some of the things around you. So yeah, I always like to take, you know, for myself, it's always taking a step back, looking in the mirror. Cause it always starts with you. Not anybody else. You can't blame anybody else for where you're at or where you're going. So you got to really take a look at yourself and go, okay, am I in, on the right track? Are you taking notes? Are you journaling? Am I doing the things that I say that I'm going to do? And for that large media company that I'm looking to build, am I going in that direction? And if I'm not, what adjustments do I have to make to get there and keep going? So I look at like the biggest things that, that stopped me is myself. And it may be that butterfly that I'm following. It's nice out now. I'm doing something different. So you always got to look back at yourself and and figure out, you know, ask that question and look at your notes as I have mine written down. Is like, what do I want to accomplish? Why do I want to accomplish it? And, you know, kind of how I'm going to get there. The how is always going to change. The why might change a little bit. So So I think I know the what, which is the, you know, syndicated local networks. Right. The why. The why, Can you get the sure, why? Sure, sure. The, there's a lot of different reasons of why. One of it is legacy um, for for myself, for myself and my children uh, to build something of that sort of it. The other part of it is a financial freedom um, to be able to build that. And the other thing is to really create a platform for local business owners to come to and share their stories without you know having to go to the news channels and be able to bring those stories together from around the country. Because we travel, if you go if you're going into you know you know Chicago, or if you're going someplace else, or if you're going into you know New York or just a small city you know outside of where you're at, you can look on there and look that up and say, oh, let me check out this what this this restaurant or this business or whatever it may be in that locality. But to give these business owners a platform to really, um, I say I say share with their story. I always believe that every small business or local business has a short story to share. And who they are and what they're doing, why they're doing it. And they don't always have an opportunity to do that and provide them a platform to do that and the content to share with that and teach them how to use that content, I think is really important because I think if they learn that and be able to use that, not only will we be able to do this here on this show, but they can go out there and do it on other shows as well. Yeah. Sometimes... When people talk about business, especially when you're talking about like stock market business, you know, like CNBC versions of business, I think people, my experience is that people forget that businesses are created by people for other people. Right. And we talk about consumers as though consumers are not human beings. Like I just adopted a puppy. My puppy is not a consumer. My puppy doesn't give a shit. Right. Whether I get something on sale or not, like as long as she gets some treats and a lunch, she's good to go. Um, 
And so what I am hearing and what you're saying is just like how much this is for other people as much as it is for yourself. Oh, no doubt. And you really got to start with, you know, it, it it's all about, you know, giving. And yes, I do. You know, it's just like any other business. You want to make some money. You want to make a living, um, you know, put some food on the table and stuff like that. But it's really, you know, giving and allowing the people to, you know, you know, once you get them going and you get them to open up and share who they are and why they do what they do. And all of a sudden you can start seeing, you know, the, you know, when they come into the studio and you can see that expression or, you know, and they start getting excited or they start, you know, sharing about things that they normally do. And then, you know, every once in a while, I'll get a story back, you know, from something like that where um, we were like, oh, I had, I had one, one, not too recently. It was like, I had someone listen to the show, which was like, oh my God, I got to listen to the show. And they're like, and then they passed it on and shared it on with someone else where someone shared it on with someone else. And, and another person got business from that. I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. Oh, that's, that's cool. So cool. And that's why I want to be able to, to, to teach them. Not only do you have this big, large piece format of content, because my show usually lasts on average about 30 minutes to be able to break it down in smaller chunks mm-hmm. and repurpose it. And, you know, that's really interesting. You know, I see a lot of people coming up and saying, you know, they don't do that. They don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, time is, Oprah has the same amount of time. So. Right. <laughs> In a large Whenever somebody says, I don't know if I have the time for that. I'm like, well, Oprah has 24 hours in a day too. Oh, yeah. So. She did, she did amazing things. And mm-hmm. like, she has more money to hire people now than I do. Right. But she also started with 24 hours in a day. Exactly. So. Uh, you know, and that's part of my biggest thing this year is to be able to, you know, get the foundation and get all the systems in place so I can pass this off to, you know, producers or, you know, to be able to, you know, when you know people want to purchase content that I can actually, mm-hmm. okay, here's what it's supposed to look like. Here's what you look for. Here's all the different pieces that we need to pull out of this and have a format to just go, okay, hand it off and get it done. So... Let's say I have people listening that can help you. Sure. What help do you need right now? Right now, I'm looking for people that are like in the uh, micro content, uh, social media type business that um, that would be able to help me create that that content. Um, I have an idea of like I have it all written down, like what I want to be able to pull out with like the video, the audiograms, and be able to. to the, I think the biggest thing is being able to sit here and listen to uh, either a podcast or the video as I'm recording it is being able to, to go, oh, that is gold, and be able to snap that piece out of there and pull it out. I think that's really key that micro content because that way, even if it's just a statement or a tweet or whatever it may be, to be able to see what that piece is. And I think that's the biggest piece uh, because like formatted it into a video or an audiogram or a tweet or something like that, I think it'd be, it can be easy to do, but being able to find that content out of there and be able to read it and pull it out. I think that's the, that's the really important piece. Yeah. I bet you, I know a lot of comedians who are very good at social media who might listen to this and okay. I bet you somebody might reach out to Absolutely. you. I'd love, it. I'd love it. That would be really good. So I have a question. You're a comedian. Okay. So do you, I was, you was stand up. Uh huh. I did stand up improv and I wrote and performed sketch shows. Really? So how come you don't mm-hmm. do it anymore? Well, so <laughs> the short version of the story is that there was a point in time where I was working full time as a lawyer, launching this bu- business, working out, you know, five days a week, mm-hmm. 
um, trying to date because I'm single and I've been single for a, <laughs> an embarrassing amount of time. <laughs> um, and do, doing stand up and running an open mic. Oh, God. And I was like, something's got to give. Sure. And so stand up went. And then, you know, the pandemic started and I've had zero interest in doing Zoom shows. Um, and now I kind of feel like I get to be creative without having to go spend, you know, three or four nights a week at a bar. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. So do you have like a joke or something that you can share? I mean, I have lots of jokes. <laughs> it was like when you first said you're a comedian, I was like, I want to laugh. I want to hear something. <laughs> I mean, you've laughed throughout this. I, I haven't like, been we're, a total bore. We're having a good time. It's like, you know, but I was like, I was like, I've been waiting. We've been doing this now for about 50 minutes. I was like, when is she going to pull something out of her, her pocket? One of the jokes well, that- you know, I, I should say that this is your show. I shouldn't be. I mean, I'll tell you a joke. One of the jokes I used to open with is, um, I like my dinner like I like my decisions made by somebody else. Oh yeah. Sometimes that's the best <laughs> Oh my goodness. I, I love that. It's like I I, I love that because it's just it's so true. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's sometimes because you're doing so much and, and then you just want to come home and or wherever you're at and just don't have to think about anything. And the, the, like me choosing what I want to eat for dinner or lunch or breakfast <laughs> is like a nightmare sometimes. Like, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. I mean, I live alone and I say that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love it. So I wrap up usually by talking about success. Um, and I kind of want to phrase this question as like, the question is, how will you know when you've succeeded? And I want you to hear that I relate to you as a success already, but like, how will you feel? I think that, you know, yeah, I want to create this great media company and, mm -hmm. you know, I got time to do it, but I think, you know, success for everybody comes in different forms. Yeah. And, you know, for, success for me is being able to do what I want when I want. Uh, success for me is, you know, sitting down every night and, you know, having dinner with my wife. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, the personal like that. On the, on the, on the business side of it, you know, it, the goal for that is to get into 100 markets around the country. Um, and, the, you know, whether it's, you know, small, large, mid-size or whatever it is. And, I think once the, I think for me is like, if I can get, you know, the, the 10 markets in the next two years, um, I think that's really success. And I think what's really successful is, is that people see that what we're doing is that we're giving people a, a platform to express themselves without, especially on podcasts. Um, I love it because you can be freed and say whatever you want. Um, I've been on uh, radio stations and they give you this list of stuff that you can't say, which I'm almost like, well, what's the purpose? Or <laughs> and stuff like this and like that's why i love podcasting so much because you can really say what you want however you want without the fcc or anybody else coming down on you so you can be as free as you want and i love that aspect and i want people to know out there is that this is a great platform to share your story you know regardless mm -hmm. of what you do and and, and reach out to other podcasters and i've done this in the past as, as well and I'm, i love i appreciate you being on my show and and I put this out there. I'd love to have you on my show as well 
and you know share share what you do on um, you know with my listeners uh totally and, i mean it'd be really cool it's like you know when you reached out to me i was like i i love doing this it's a little bit different for me because like i'm usually like on the other side yeah but how how is it being on the in the hot seat today you know it, i'm getting better at it um, but every once in a while you'll see it as like, I start asking you questions and stuff like that. It's just a nature beast. Um, I don't get that a lot from a lot of my guests. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pushing it today, but <laughs> like, like, <laughs> so what, you know, I, I love it that, you know, what you do in your, in your shows and stuff like this, you ask a lot of great questions. Um, you know, when it really comes down to success, it's what you really want and really what makes you happy. It doesn't have to be a zillion dollars or, or stuff like that, you know, for, um, you know, my wife, she told me a long, long time ago, she goes, I just wanted uh, a simple life. Um, I've messed mm-hmm. it up several times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're very lucky that she stayed with oh, you because oh, yeah. you've overcomplicated her oh, life far uh, too many times. Yeah. And it's all on me. That's it. Wait. So what's the, what's the overcomplication story that you are willing to tell um, us right now? What would be a good one? Um, how about uh, like this house, for example, it was like when okay. I, bought, I bought three houses one day or one time from a bank and it was during while I was flipping houses like that. And um, so I bought this one and at the time um, this was, this is a house that in a neighborhood that was uh, really turning, turning over. And, and we have already had a house that we were living in another one that now my mom is living in it. And, and it's just kind of like, okay. And I drove by, we, I drove by it one day and, She's like, I'm like, yeah, that that's the house I bought, you know, it's over here. And she's like, her and my 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 uh, youngest daughter kind of look at me like, like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but it's like, you know, I had I had this vision, you know, so I do things like that, you know, without consulting. And that's probably one of the mm-hmm. things that, you know, I was like, oh, I just bought three houses, you know, so what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought of buying three houses. Do you remember like during the recession, Detroit? I'm from Michigan oh, originally. Yeah. Yeah. But during the recession in 2009, I remember this because I was like, man, I wish I had more money. They were selling lots and houses for a dollar, oh, yeah, a single dollar. Yeah. And I was like, that land will never exist for that price ever okay. again. And if you, but I'm, I'm guessing those three houses were not $1 each. No, not at all. I like, like, <laughs> well, for example, it was like, you know, when I bought the, this house and, um, there was two vacant lots behind me and I bought that land too for a dollar. So that nice. you, you could get those, but it was like, you know, eventually, you know, Lupita told me, it was like, go to the house, kick out the tenants and put it back together. So uh, we did, we kicked them out and <clears throat> we, we re the house. This is an old Victorian house that was built in the 1880s. Uh, we got the cream city brick. You can kind of see behind me there like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, put it together and it's, it's a beautiful home and you know, it's something that, you know, and when she put it, it as like, you know, for what we paid for it during the recession is like, we could never pay for it now. Yeah. And it's, I think, I think the biggest thing is like, without consulting her probably was the one thing. It's like, and I do those types of spontaneous things. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you need a permission slip, but she definitely does want to know what's going on. Right. This is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> so like, yeah. You know, could you at least let me know what's going on? You know, it's like, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like, I'm doing stuff. I'm like, well. I'm here still. <laughs> Wait, so what's on your what's in the hopper that you haven't told her yet? Oh no, I have nothing right now. Um, she knows just about everything I'm doing, so I'm, I've been keeping her up to date on everything. 
Uh, Good job. Yeah. <laughs> nice, work. nice work. <laughs> yeah, that's right now, but I'm sure there'll be a time is that there's plenty of time where I'll, I'll, I'll make that mistake again. And, you know, she'll still be with me. Sorry, my phone's ringing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put it in airplane, airplane mode. You know, I probably should be better at that, but I'm not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, there's so many times like I'm doing interviews and then, then uh, Lupita will call me right in the middle. I'm like, <laughs> I can't answer it though. I, you know, it's part of the problem with, with like living alone is that I just don't ever expect people to bug me. Oh. So when they do, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why? Oh yeah. It happens. Um, well, before before we wrap up, where do people find you, and like That's who needs to find you? Um, uh, you can find me. I was like, you can find like a lot of the good stuff is at localfirstpodcast.com. Um, if you look on uh, all the pretty much of all the social media accounts, it's either local first a podcast. If you search on any of your favorite podcasts, the apps, look for local first, and it um, might mm-hmm. pop up right away. LinkedIn, same way. You can look for Rob Kohansky or Local First Podcast. You know, connect with me. Um, if you would like to be on the show, I'm always looking for, you know, exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm into being on your show. Um, just go to a schedule, my podcast.com and you'll mm-hmm. go ahead and get started there. Um, those are really good places to get a hold of me. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm, um, do a lot of stuff out there and Instagram as well. Uh, those are the awesome. biggest ones like that. So yeah, you know, connect with me if you got some questions or something like that. I'd love to hear your feedback. And then I love to hear your feedback from the show too. I was like, you know, Aaron asked a lot of awesome questions. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed our talk. It was super fun for me. Thanks for your, like, I don't know. Thanks for your stand for businesses and for people to have like the vibrant success that they are working so hard for. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's part of my passion there is to be able to you know give back to those people so i i really truly enjoy it and that's like you know if you've got a small business or an entrepreneur if you're looking to start a business i mean um you know just go for it and, and the other thing i would say just surround yourself with good people thanks rob this is not advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio.